it's one of the problems with the training in the United States is it focuses on what I call the big sexy, driving, shooting, fighting, you know, all that kind of stuff. Welcome to The Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. Integrated EP Training. Today, Sean West and myself are delighted to be speaking with Lee McWhorter and Kevin Lewis from Covered 6 out of California and uh, Texas. Great to be talking about this topic, but also great because... Kevin has an EP background, a physical security background, a martial arts background, and Lee has a quote-unquote cyber, but actually OSINT background. Uh, Sean, uh, why is this an increasingly important topic in terms of, you know, the way EP trains today? I think you're a traditional EPO who completes their course, they get the, the, the bare-bones skills to go on and do the job, get their license and operate, but that kind of be the end of your learning you have to add more tools to your toolbox. And I think some of the things you mentioned there are key. I think OSINT is definitely becoming more prevalent in the game at the moment because it allows you to carry out your own due diligence on your principles, yourself, see what's out there on yourself. And also when you're prepping for other tasks or visiting other venues, there's lots of tools out there that can aid you in that due diligence and advance of that event or location. And and that's really key, isn't it? Because I think, Maybe five, 10 years ago, when people thought cyber skills, IT skills, they thought, oh, no, I have to learn how to code. And, oh, no, maybe I need to spend time in a, in, in a SOC and uh, and work my way up as an analyst. But, I, but actually, no, that's not really what it's about. It's about maintaining your EP discipline, but knowing how to find information out. Now, of course, there are limits. Maybe you don't want to go onto the dark web, um, and we would not recommend that uh, for our listeners. But... There's certainly a lot of OSINT um, courses out there. And 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 maybe just um, having a little bit of cyber training alongside enables you to know who and why to call or or maybe what to harden. I think they like to call it SaaS hardening, software as a service hardening, which, you know, it could, it could be as simple as the, the, the Zoom platform. Um, did you make sure that your your attendees in, in a webinar could not do absolutely anything they wanted? Um, I mean, that's that's security, too. Um, I, I think it doesn't have to be this uh, rather ominous uh, coding uh, boot camp type skills, does it, Sean? No, not at all. I think since I've started my career, I like to do a lot of courses that sort of broaden my knowledge in a lot of different areas. And whilst it gives me the knowledge, I also like to have a good contact book of specialists also, because things that become out of your remit or knowledge it's always better to get a professional in to do that job. But yeah, there's, I mean, there's lots of information you can do and tools you can add to yourself without becoming an expert where you can still add a huge amount of value. Perfect. Well, 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 that's perhaps where we need to dig into it. And that's why it's great to have someone that is a bona fide physical security expert and a quote unquote cyber security expert here today. Um, so so let's get into it. Um, let's look at the uh, integrated training of the future uh, for the protector. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to hearing from Lee and Kevin.
And now, let's meet one of the contributors to The Circuit magazine. Integrated Training for Tomorrow's Protector. I'm delighted to be speaking with Lee McWhorter, CTO, Director of Cybersecurity at Covered 6, and Kevin Lewis, Director of Training, also at Covered 6. Lovely to have you both on. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. We're happy to be here. And I'm really happy because both of you represent two sides of the security environment that come together for integrated training. So often on the podcast, we do touch on topics that are maybe cyber heavy or maybe physical heavy, but coming together in an integrated training, I think is what people have been asking for. They said, yes, but what about me, right? Me, the protector, I, the protector, how can I benefit? So with our three quick fire questions, let's get into it. What is the problem we're trying to solve with a training such as yours? Well, I think we're trying to solve, you know, at least from my perspective, we teach cameras and access controls and lock the darn server room door and man traps and piggybacking and all that. And I know Kevin's side of the house teaches a lot of tech and information that will, you know, helps their um, physical and EP uh, protectors have um, a balanced approach from the other side of the house as well. Sure, Kevin can uh, add. To yeah, that. It's, it's definitely, um, we're just trying to make sure that we mitigate all the risks and the current threatscape. And as you know, the threatscape is evolving very quickly right now. So we're, we constantly have to up our game in order to uh, deal with all those various threats that are coming from the cyber side or, you know, the deep fake side, the AI, all that fun stuff that's currently happening but then again address that to the physical um and really just mitigate rest for the client that's what it's all about okay i like that and and, and ultimately the client probably just doesn't care they want it solved but let's take a step back what about your passion where does your passion for this come from uh lee and then maybe kevin well you know it's one of the things when i was fortunate enough to be referred and got to join this wonderful group here at covered six um that i really shared with our founder chris dunn and Kevin and all the senior team is just a holistic approach. We, I've always felt, even as a guy who really focuses on the cyber side, that you have to, it's one of my mantras, lock the damn server room door. There's all these stories of people who put up all the defenses and the firewalls and the intrusion detection, and somebody wants it bad enough, they just drive a car through the front window and steal all the hard drives. And of course, you know, we want to make sure that the other side of the house is aware that a drone flying over the building is not just some kid's toy anymore. That could be me landing a hotspot to break into your office. And so this kind of cross, you know, we're always as strong as our weakest link, and it's usually people. And so one of the biggest things we got to do is train. And if we can train in a more integrated way, then I think that betters both sides and and then the whole holistic approach to security. Yeah. So Lee and I have had uh, many conversations about this and, and it's, it's really about, you know, I was a solo operator most of the time, so I was constantly looking for ways to leverage um, force multipliers of any kind in order to help me provide for my client because, you know, it's, it's it, there's not enough manpower, right? But also, um, 
to be able to educate myself enough so that I know what other possible threats could be out there. Because uh, I, I jokingly always say to Lee that I'm a walking EMP, right? So if I don't, you know, I need to know more about this side of the field because I feel totally vulnerable there because I don't have any understanding until Lee came along and started teaching me and then telling us, you know, giving us opportunities to learn from any everything from OSINT to just, you know, good good cyber awareness and and hygiene you know i mean that's just at the basic entry level that every agent needs to have because you could be setting things up that could cause your client problems right plus the clients are bringing us problems and again every time i walk into a new residence or with a new client i have to deal with a new it team and they're not always um uh, forthcoming Right. So I need to know enough that I can ask the right questions for, to, of them to make sure everything's locked down for the client. So it's more for my end, uh, of, for our, our educational process, that the guys really understand the risks and what they can do to help uh, mitigate them. So, you know, going on with what Kevin said about sometimes IT teams out there not being forthcoming, we've it's something we're trying to, I'm trying to break down and have people and that's people I train and people out in the community not do, but we kind of, you know, keep the information to ourselves. And, um, you know, that is something that you do run into with a lot of IT teams. They feel like they need to keep it for their own secrecy, but we need to share it so that we can all be on the same page. Okay. So, so, so let me ask Kevin this for, for the third quickfire question, right? Uh, Kevin, what does the uninitiated protector need to better understand about integrated training like I, I can imagine them thinking oh well am i going to learn to code well what, what 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 should they better understand kevin well they should definitely better understand the osint side and a lot of the accounts now are asking for uh agents that can actually do osint scrubs on the client daily um, so that's a key factor, but just in general, what is good cyber hygiene uh, would be a base level, right? And then what potential risks are out there that the client's facing or that the, the cybersecurity team is facing so that we can assist in asking the right questions and also uh, pushing, the, uh, helping the client make the proper decision making to like upgrade the things that the cyber team needs. You know, that would be like the elemental things that I would say. Okay, that makes sense. And I like that because that's from the perspective of the protector. And quite often, the protector sees lots of flashy, fancy ideas. And, and they think, well, I mean, I'm not speaking for you, oh, protector out there in the audience, but mm -hmm. you might think, which way? Um, so let me let me put it to you this way. We're talking integrated training, and this isn't necessarily talking about the single unified soldier. And we've had that on the podcast before. Um, and, and I totally get it. If you've come from the military, J6 instead of A6, N6, uh, and so on. Uh, Lee, what then does integrated training look like? Is it as simple as now I'm doing something cyber related, now I'm doing something physical related, or, or, or is there something more to integrated training? Um, so what it looks like is each in each section of our, our training, we're trying to incorporate some aspect of technology and an understanding of technology. So um, instead of just saying, hey, you guys need to learn some OSINT, we actually like take them through the process of why that's important. Because again, like you're saying, what's what's important is the why's, right? Like what's what's my why? Why do I need to know this stuff? 
the biggest thing is is you know the client vulnerability right is like how how can we fix that and there's millions of examples of this where you know people are using technology to actually stalk the client right make it there um, a lot of the stalking now happens uh, electronically that a number of cases like that where I've been dealing with people that have electronic stocking and then you got to go back and figure out who this guy is or you got to pay somebody to do that. It's kind of uh, really good for the client if we can keep all that in-house and that our guys have the understanding of how to how to deal with those types of situations so we can start setting up an investigation or getting a file going on this person. You know, so that's the, the training is um, introducing aspects of the cyber side to the to the individual agent as they're going through training and uh, introducing the technology side too. like hey, technology is happening so fast now, especially for like AI cameras and stuff like that. It's kind of hard to keep up, but they should just have an understanding that, hey, you need to learn all aspects of this field, especially later on if you want to be a detail leader or a C, you know, a, a chief security officer or something like that on the corporate level. They have to have not just the cyber, not just the integration, but also the physical understanding because they all work together. And like Lee's saying, the weakest point there is really the people, right? But, and that can be just egos between different groups, right? Where they're, they're not playing nice together. And so the client's not getting exactly what they need. So when we're integrating training, what we're trying to do is open the guy's minds to the fact that, hey, the security is more than just you standing there looking cool, right? You have to actually get into some aspects of this other technology and the cyber side so that you can keep your clients safe on all levels, right? So that's kind of how we incorporate it. And, and, and Kevin, I'll be interested because, you know, with your background, you, you, you've got martial arts, you've got a lot of physical security. Um, how did how did you adapt to all of this? Uh, because maybe if people put themselves in your shoes, Kevin, and, 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 and sort of mm -hmm. you know, extrapolate. Yeah. So um, for myself, not being a very tech savvy guy, um, I and, you know, how we how I'm always doing things is looking for how I can improve myself for my clients, right? So not just on the physical training side, but on on the aspect of learning a little bit of technology so that at least I can have a conversation with the IT team and I don't look like a complete idiot, right? And that they will they will be able to to um understand what I need from them uh, as a, a detail leader or as a, a person who's setting up a contract, right? And, um, you know, I've seen so many things go wrong with, you know, um, with teams not communicating and not getting all the help they need from each other. And then, you know, when it all falls down, everybody's end up getting fired, right? Because, because nobody's communicating. We have these egos bouncing around. So um, for myself, it was more just about, you know, this is a weakness I have. I need to fix this. Uh, the industry is growing. Um, I had re left the in industry and came back, had to retool. Um, and, and, you know, so it's an ongoing learning for EP or physical is a lifelong process. And it doesn't include just the physical stuff. It's one of the problems with the training in the United States is it focuses on what I call the big sexy driving, shooting, fighting, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
but Lee and, and I can tell you that the people that are really successful are the ones who have that high emotional intelligence, who understand where they have a weakness and they can fix it. Um, and then, you know, okay, we need to add integration training. We need to add some cyber training. And it can be enough to, so that they're able to just have that conversation with the other teammates and know what they need to do. Right. So that's kind of how I look at it. My philosophy is always to bring my best person to the client, because if it's just me out there and I, I need to find ways of force multiplying by these other team members that we all got to be working together to, to make this happen every day. Right. And to do that, you got to have some understanding. And, and, and for that understanding, Lee, how, how do you translate that uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure, Lee, you go to a, a, a lot of uh, cyber conferences and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're prolific in that side of the world. But how do you translate it so that, let's say, an EP operator who has no background uh, can benefit? Well, I think one of the things that I've tried to do with some of the times I've gotten to speak to some of our classes on that side or even some of the things when I do go to like the ASIS GSX, so it, more of a physical though they're growing the cyber side and i'm glad to see that that whole holistic approach but you know like kevin references we're not trying to turn you know an ep protector into an it person per se we're trying to give them the knowledge they need to uh, to to help you know minimize that risk you know like does the client have a guest Wi-Fi set up at their house? Is that a vulnerability? Um, you know, are the cameras isolated and, and secure and patched so that people aren't looking in and spying on them? Um, do they have, an, you know, and they don't have to know how to set up that camera. They don't have to know how to set up that Wi-Fi. That's technically for the IT or cyber team to do, but they have to know at least that there's risk there that need to be discussed and to make sure that that team has done the things they're supposed to do to keep things updated and safe. And it's sort of like on the other side, I'm not trying to turn an IT cybersecurity analyst or, or pen tester or whatever role they take into a protector. Um, but I want them to be aware, you know, of, of how, how things that we do affect that side of the house, camera placement, uh, VLANs to keep devices and smart devices off of the network for security purposes isn't it's you know and so that's that integrated approach of training and one of the things i know that kevin and i both want to do in future is even more integrated exercises um you know where the teams work together to actually solve a problem um you know and and both cyber and ep physical teams could work together to solve those challenges and problems no i, I like that because immersive learning uh tabletop exercises um very very much bring teams together many people have said pen testing is the ideal uh scenario although you know how 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 red team how red teamed do you want to be is up to the client i suppose yeah um, but but you know, we mentioned in in, a, in our pre-call that some of the skills are as simple as osint and we've we've had OSINT sessions on the podcast before, and many of them concluded, right, uh, I'll take it this far, um, uh, but but beyond that, I need an expert. W what are some of the tools that you're teaching that sort of take them far enough to be dangerous, but 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 there's a drop off point, isn't it, where they have to actually say, no, I, I need the TSM expert or something. Well, I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I think some people have an aptitude for it. You know, a lot of it's research. 
and and sort of the the mental gymnastics of sometimes coming at a problem differently trying different searches different things and so some people can go much further than others but yeah it depends you know if you're depends on what level i guess the client needs and you know from a, i think from a protector and even from a base analyst point of view um a basic understanding to sort of stay abreast of you know the threat landscape you know we use it in the cyber side for threat hunting keeping up with what threat actors are out there what they're doing what their tactics and and, and procedures are um, you know, and we want the protectors to be aware of, you know, threats that are being made against their principles, uh, the locations they're guarding, whatever that might be. So, um, you know, we're not trying to get necessarily um, people all the way down to an OSINT expert, but I think there's a beginning to intermediate level depending upon some of the aptitude of some of the students. Yeah, and and for, as far as for myself, you know, entering into this and working with Lee on developing a little bit of my skill set, I mean, I I start very simply with um, a a Google uh, a Google um, a Google alert, right, for every client that I start, right. So I'm going to start gaining a little bit of intelligence on what's out there with the client. Then I do a quick OSINT search with some of the tools that uh, Lee has set up for us just to see what's out there on the client. And then, you know, we'll, we'll toss it up to someone with a lot more experience and they'll go do a, a, a deep dive and see where the client is vulnerable, right? So it, in, in my case, I'm just looking really quickly, you know, what is there out there? Is there already someone stalking them? How can we get access to those? Covered Six is very proactive in our approach. So if there is someone stalking one of our clients, you know, we'll want to know where they're at. And we may even go put surveillance on this person versus sitting back and kind of waiting to see the, the typical strategy. Um, we, like to, we like to stick a guy right next to them wherever they're at, you know, just in case and be more proactive. And um, I think that as... As we progress and the threatscape continues to change, you're going to have to be more and more proactive with the, the, the holistic approach of this because, you know, one or two guys can't get the job done, right? I mean, if you're already waiting for the, the attack to happen, you're too late, right? So um, we need to make sure that we're ahead of the curve as much as we can, and we have things locked down tight enough that that uh, if someone does breach, they got to have some skill set, right? And then that narrows down the field of who can do that, right? When you have, uh, you know, celebrities that are, you know, someone's taking the data, the metadata off a photo that they've taken uh, off a reflection off their eyeball and followed them to the train station they saw uh, listed on that, right? I'm sure you've heard of that, that situation right this is stuff that can happen now with people without hardly any training right so you know if they can get that close to my client then i gotta have some effective strategies in place to make sure that those things don't happen yeah it seems it seems everybody's uh, uh now got the gift of osint um yeah so, uh, high, high profile things um i think on one high profile occasion which we don't need to worry about but someone was uh discovered a lot from a zip tie um just just one zip tie told them an awful lot of information um yeah but but wh where does this then leave the idea of maybe the technical 
EP professional. I, I, I is this your education for all EP professionals, or do you think it's gonna kind of push us into something that Christian West likes to bring up a lot, which is the technical EP professional? Um, that 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 one extra uh, skill set on the team. Um, personally, I think that it it's going to require both. Right. So everyone should have a base level of understanding that so that they can look for vulnerabilities. And then we have that guy who can go deeper and do all that and handle the deeper part. But still, the, the EP team is going to have to be aware of all that. They're going to have to write the reports. They're going to have to help with the investigation. So, you know, they need to be knowledgeable as well. But but like you said, there there does need to be someone who can do that deeper dive and uh, has the, the higher skill set, you know, so then, and the more demanding the client is, or the more demanding the threatscape is for that client, the more that's needed, right? But on a base level, I can be a solo operator for a celebrity, and I can get some really good information and deal with someone on a stocking basis and not have to go there, right? And like I said, you know, I'm not the most tech savvy guy in the world, in the world, so... If uh, I can do it, anybody can. Well, Kevin's not giving himself enough credit. I think a lot of people, they're better than they think they are when it comes to tech, even if they're not tech. But I, I think that, you know, there's a couple aspects here. You know, Kevin talked about putting, you know, somebody to watch, you know, surveillance. That can happen digitally. Kevin and most executive protectors need to be able to find that and go, okay, that's a problem but they're not necessarily going to have the skill to go build a sock puppet and follow that person digitally and join their groups, but a more advanced person would. Um, and that, you know, and one of the things that I've been really happy and proud to see within our training programs is that while we in each program touch on aspects of the other, so in the EP and physical side, Kevin and his team are teaching some cyber and some hygiene and some OSINT. And we're teaching locks and access controls and basic stuff on our side. Um, one of the things that we're seeing a lot is actually dozens of students cross and take parts of different programs. Um, and, and I think that there's two possibilities that are going to happen out of that. One is exactly what you said, sir. You know, that some of these people are going to be able to move into that technical EP role. Um, and then some of them are putting it in their back pocket for later. So when they someday move to say director of security, they can talk both sides of the house and, and have that understanding. And so we've had dozens of students. We actually had one this May who was the first student who has both, oh, I shouldn't say both, he has all. So he has physical security program, AP program, and both our intro and intermediate cyber programs. So he's the first student this year that has all four. We have maybe a dozen that have three. And then we have dozens that have, you know, physical and cyber, cyber and EP. And so that's something we're seeing a lot of, a lot of crossover uh, to take it up to that next level. So so maybe, I don't know, it sounds like a funny question, but I think a useful question. What's not in the integrated training remit? Like what's, what's not uh, for you to teach? Um, because because it, in a way, again, it, it might sound very appealing to 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 do an integrated training course, but I, but I wonder where's the where's the where's the limits? Where's the the edge of of what people uh, as as EP professionals should not be trained? If I can add, I would say a couple like that without additional training, and um, and I preach this across the board. You really shouldn't be playing around with fake identities, sock puppets. 
um, you know, if you're not very well versed in, in building that out, building out a virtual environment where you can keep that isolated, you run the risk of causing more trouble than you gain. You, you're giving away to, to your adversaries that you're watching them. Also, to be honest with you, the, what we call the dark web the underbelly through Tor and IPNet and sec, you know, IPsec, those things are, once again, not something that even the beginning cyber people need to go down into. Uh, and we need to be aware of it, but I would not be teaching that in, in any of those types of programs. That's a more advanced for the technical side only. To, and, and there are tools actually as well, from, you know, a number that or in a sense, you know, Dark Al, EchoSec, others that are basically sort of the Google of dark web. If that's really a need because your client is so high profile or your your industry is so targeted by, you know, advanced persistent threats that you're going to need to be checking that all the time, then you're going to want to license one of those products where you don't have to go there yourself. You can run like a Google search and have a safer way to. So there's different ways to approach that. And, and safer, I think, is, is key, isn't it? Because just from my limited impression, if a novice went somewhere on the dark web, they may go somewhere they're not supposed to go. <laughs> Absolutely. With one yeah. click, they can see something that they just broke the law. They saw an image they weren't, and that's on their computer now. So, I mean, that's something that we very few, even in the cyber community, some very few of the most experts go down and play in that world live because you're taking a lot of risk of viruses, malware being uncovered and being attacked. And not to mention the not safe for work and illegal stuff that you might run across. Yeah, I, I would agree with that 100%. There's there's some th places I'm not going to go uh, with my limited skill set, and I have to I have to uh, be smart enough to say, hey, I need to pass this over to that other person or other other team member that can handle this, who has the experience, um, and also, you know, for EP specifically. Um, I, I don't want to have a bunch of fake identities and all this kind of stuff. It just doesn't sit well with clients. I think if they were to find about that, you know, it's the kind of the, you know, a double-edged sword for us in the sense that we have to maintain a high level integrity. And so I may hand off some of that. I may be able to, you know, fly a drone. I may be able to pop a drone if we need it. I may be able to do a quick OSINT search and, and just, you know, ask questions about the cyber side, make sure everything's locked down. But as far as doing the, the heavy lifting in that area, it's not my role, right? And, and I need to uh, be smart enough to understand that and let the people who do specialize in that handle those deeper dives and not put the client at risk, right? So it all comes down to that risk thing again, you know, do is what I'm going to do a bigger risk to the client than what I, information I'm going to get, right? So um I, I always we always have to hedge our bets that way, right? And, and err on the side of being conservative, letting the people who do that job do that job for us, and and that's how you that's how you maximize your time as well, right? Yeah, and and we've had I think Sandra Stibbards, um, who I think you you know right? Uh, mm -hmm. and, yeah, we know her very very well. Good friend. She's on our, our website as well. Partner of ours. Yeah, very close. I think I think one of the one of the things she once said on one of the sessions was sometimes a client might say do your worst and they have no idea what you can definitely come back with so mm -hmm. that i wonder i mean on the one side I, i've asked what's the remit you know what's the edge of your remit but 
is there a danger that you're too successful, especially on the OSINT side? Um, do you do you, do you have to manage client expectations and say, this is not for me because you don't want your bodyguard running around with an enormous amount of personal information. I mean, is 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 there something there to consider? I would say, I guess that maybe by client, I defer to Kevin with his experience in that. I mean, if you've got a good relationship, my assumption, and maybe it's a little bit romanticized, but that you've got a relationship, you already know so much about that client that them they may not be upset. They, they you're with them twenty four seven. You're living at their house. You're you know, all these things that could be possible. But other clients are very, you know, people are very private. So yeah, I could see that that could be its own line. That's not even your skill line, but what the client will tolerate. Line. Yeah, I think the way uh, that you're presenting that that could be a double edged sword for the executive protection specialist, because you know. Um, there are things the clients don't want you to know, right? And there are compartmentalization. Compartmentalization is not a bad thing, in terms of safety, right? So maybe you know one, you know the detail lead and the company owner are aware of some of these things, but not every guy on the detail needs to be aware of it, right? They need to be able to do their job and. Um, not get put at risk of, you know, like if so they do have all that information, then what you do with it. Lee, what would you advise a protector looking to get into this space? Should, should, should it be a course that they do as part of their basic training or can they still get on courses that are focused on integrated training? Well, I mean, obviously there are like ours, you know, some programs and I'm sure others that are trying to do this or have, you know, electives or ways to put together that type of training from different other companies. Um, I know it's not a huge amount out there just based on knowing the space a bit, but I also do know that even if you went through a more traditional program and then you're wanting to add that, you could definitely round it out yourself. Uh, as you know her very well, Sandra has her courses. There's tons of people that you know, um, different types of models, whether it's, you know, uh, e-learning or, you know, self-paced that you could add some skills in some of those areas when it comes to OSINT and even basic hygiene. We have a free hygiene class off our website, for example, you know, so there's materials out there. And that's one of the things I know we throw some of our students through is just to here, take this with you. You can give this and show it to your other people you work with or your, your client and, and their staff so that they have the same basic knowledge. So there's definitely ways to add it on, even if you didn't get an integrated program to begin with. Yeah. I, I think the thing is, is like finally back up, sorry. Um, is that, that we're, is that we always have to work towards integration, right? Um, we're going to give the guys enough that they can kind of start to understand about the, the the other aspects. But on a higher level, if they if they want to grow in the industry, they're going to need to expand their area of expertise, right? And and their knowledge level. Uh, consistently uh, moving forward, especially into if you've been a physical guy, you need to kind of you need to step over there and start learning about drones and start learning what those capabilities are, because not only is it a threat, it's also can be an asset. Right. Same thing with cyber. It can be an asset. We got a really uh, good cyber team. They're going to protect us on that side. So there are there are 
teammates, you know, that we need to be able to make sure are working as effectively as they are. So having some knowledge in that is going to be very important. And I think everybody's going to have to learn a little bit about AI, um, you know, as it comes down, because especially for higher end, um, you know, celebrity type uh, principles and high net worth, people who have a lot of data out them, seeing what AI says about them, what it has available is a simple OSINT search in a sense now that will potentially give you some pointers as to where you need to dig deeper. Um, and then definitely we want to make sure the teams are working together. Um, like I said, I, I'm not expecting one of our cyber guys to, you know, per se, jump out and take a bullet or, you know, do something, but they should know where, where their piece is and how they support that team and vice versa. I like it. I think I think that maybe is a much better way to focus uh, our efforts because rather than who you're going to be, it's who you're going to call. But maybe you need to have an appreciation of the other discipline as to why you want to call them, much as you may not be a TSCM uh, specialist, uh, but you know why you might want to call one, um, which which I think is is a bold, a more bold and. Uh, less timid kind of approach. I, I, I worry that in years gone by, people have said, I don't understand it, therefore it's not me. Mm. But we're not saying it's you. We're saying you you, you want to know why you would call such a person. Um, a limo driver. You don't have a limo, but you know why you'd call a, a limo driver. Right. Um, so 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 what's next for you and covered six um where are we next going to see you what 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 are you next uh, up to well i um have just passed the bulk of the conference season though i guess we'll probably be at shot show as we head into the new year and then things will start to pick up for me it's the usual rsa black hat defcon i do try to make gsx even though we may send some different people this year uh, we've been trying to get i've been going because of some cyber stuff that they're growing but we really need to have jacob and kevin our physical side get to get there too um and so hopefully we'll do a lot of those we've been working on i hope we're gonna be able to have really talk more about it next year but even some vr ar type of stuff um which i think helps us integrate some of this training so you know we're we're just constantly trying to innovate and uh we also have our tech integration program which is we talking here tech integration we have a whole nother vertical and that one is focused it's sort of a hybrid between our two houses that we have now because the person that takes that class will come out with a guard guard uh even in setting in a gsoc you got to have that under california law but you're going to come out with some security you know like an a plus and a cabling cert a drone cert so it's it's kind of a, a it's really it's kind of geared toward that role that person who's going to set between those things so we're excited to launch that yeah, on the physical side, we're getting ready to launch in January, our next year of training. Um, but then also, uh, like he said, we have the Tech Integration uh, Academy that's sitting there waiting to get going. Um, and, um, you know, that's that's kind of where we have to go now. Uh, we have a drone program that's in progress now uh, with... Uh, you know, so we're incorporating that into to all of our stuff. We have uh, virtual patrol officers with a major metropolitan police department. So, you know, the, the role of security continues to grow. And along with that, the 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 um, executive protection or the physical side need to be able to grow with that. It, it, you know, it's always going to come down. You got to have people. Right. But at the same time, 
we have to we have accounts that have robots we have accounts that have gsocs we have accounts that have um that have a, a full cyber team we have a, uh, our osint side you know and all of this is happening at the same time we're we're popping drones for surveillance on you know communities that we work with because you know uh, people are trying to crawl into their backyard you know so it's a it's a much you know easier way to be sitting at a house on a residence and pop a drone who has uh, some night vision on it and be able to track somebody who's trying to get on the property so this is where all of this is going now and you know the 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 physical side needs to kind of step up their game and and start uh, looking at how to make this a fully integrated, holistic approach to security all the time, not just, you know, hey, I need you to go do the, fix this problem. It needs to be working together all the time. And I want to pounce. I know this is not the topic of this uh, podcast, but uh, January 2020, I do remember I got on people that trained uh, UAV flying, drone flying, and some other people who who dabbled in it. And back then we said, do you know what? Maybe we'll need an FAA license for every operator. Are mm -hmm. we talking about that type of UAV or are we talking about one that's permissible under municipal law that you, that you don't need an FAA license? I would say both. I mean, our program is going to do the FAA license for, for larger drones um, for the tech integration. Um, but the capabilities of these small drones have grown so much just like the military is doing i mean I'm, I'm sure this is happening with kevin and her team already but i mean if i imagine myself i'm just a geek but if i'm an executive protector and i can get an 89 4k little drone that i can carry i'm gonna have that bad boy with me i don't know when it might come out but i don't have to have any rules i can pop it up see over that hill see what's coming at me who knows or, you know and so i could i would probably have one and they've gotten so capable it's like everything in tech you know doubles and gets smaller and faster every year yeah i mean that's the integration we were learning how to now uh, not just do the quick you know pop the drone look at the residents make sure there's nobody around the area but also like you know hey the client wants to be you know you to be more low profile so how can we do that with left bodies well we can pop a drone we can set it over on a light pole it can watch the client from there you know we can set up uh surveillance cars we can do all kinds of stuff now that we didn't have access to uh before but i i, I do agree with lee that it's going to take both i mean you do have have to have your your FAA license to fly a drone. So uh, a lot of uh, the residential security teams now are requiring that. Um, I notice uh, World Protection Group they they've been asking for that for years now, right? And uh, and I took notice of that because I'm like, oh, well, there's another aspect, right? This is a place where an EP guy can specialize too, like a TCSM, but also be able to do, you know, the drones and things like that as well. I mean, it just kind of opens up, you know, you to get hired better, right? So, yeah. so we always encourage the guys like, hey, get in, do extra training on stuff that's going to get you hired. You know, security driver certificate, a medical, right? If you're an EMT, that's everybody wants one of those on their teams. Everybody wants a guy that can handle the cyber and the drone and all that kind of stuff too. Because when we're traveling around the world, we need all that. Well, right, we need to be able to something I need as a as an extra podcast session. I think I think we need to do that. 
yeah. Uh, uh, would you be? I'll, I'll find some. I'll find. I'll find some trainers and some operators, and we can we can do an entire. Maybe I'll ask Kent from WPG, and uh, yeah, we, we can we can all do it. Sounds uh, cool. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks very much for coming on. I appreciate uh, this is this is a bit different because we're talking integration. Therefore, there's two of you, and we're integrating yeah. the uh, yeah. the the talk. Um, I know you've uh, supported a number of virtual events uh, over the years, so so thank you very much for 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 doing this. Um, I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, I I feel this actually will help the protector, which I think is what we're we're trying to. I shouldn't be so surprised, but I yeah. but I but I but I but I do think this will uh, help the community. Um, Kevin and Lee, thanks very much for coming on. This has been another fantastic edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast. Thanks so much for having us. It's been a blast. Well, thank you very much, Lee and Kevin. I, I've really waited a long time to get them on the podcast, so I'm really, really uh, pleased about uh, today's integrated EP training session. I'm back with Sean West. Uh, Sean, what are some of the high-level things you've taken away from today's session? Well, it's really interesting, actually, because I've done a lot of awesome training myself, and I love the tools that you, it gives you, and it becomes really quite addictive, so it's really interesting to hear how Lee and Kevin spoke about it, the tools that they're kind of developing and training individuals in, and to get their, their take on the OSINT space. So no, I actually really enjoyed it. And yeah, lots of stuff for discussion. Maybe again, our, our listeners will think, well, this would be very interesting. And uh, the, 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 the whole circuit, the whole EP community are very good at doing courses and are very diligent at, you know, self-improvement. But but maybe it's it's worth as we discuss with Lee and Kevin, you know, seeing the parameters of that because um, you know what does your principal expect of you? Uh, what would be a nice to have and what would be totally totally out of the wheelhouse? Like would 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 your principal expect you to fix his very expensive car? Uh, it would be a nice feature, wouldn't it? You know, to have to have a mechanic on board, but it's but it's not quite your job. Do you, do you see where I'm going with that, Sean? No, I, I do, and I think it depends what sort of end of the market you operate in. Because if you're working with the ultra ultra high net worth individuals, they don't employ a bodyguard to I don't know, cook their main meal. They have a chef. They don't employ a bodyguard to trim the garden. They have a gardener. They they have the money and the funds to employ the best people in the game who are specialists at what they do. However, when you go down the market, maybe there's some people that you know are very wealthy or very shrewd with the money. And the more value add you can bring, the more valuable you become to them. So there is a space for broadening your knowledge and bringing that value. But I think at that top end of the market, it's always going to be specialists that are seeked out. Yeah, and 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 so maybe your your value and and a, and a lot of the community kind of advertise themselves as concierge services as well. And and in some geographies, that's all one can be technically a concierge service, a, a, a signpost, um, a, a facilitator. You you know you do you remember that episode with Kenji Okamoto just before the Tokyo Olympics? Um, he he sort of said, "Well, I'm not allowed to have any use of force at all." Uh, so one of the magic features he he manages to do is make sure the penthouse lift is reserved for the penthouse guest. 
It's just a, such a small thing, but but it's but it's totally within the 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 signposting um, agenda. Have, have you come to 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 have to signpost your, your yourself? You know, has has anyone said, "Oh, can you tell me about uh, AV or IT or TSCM?" and and then you're like, "Aha, I know the right person." And absolutely, and that's come to me many times, and I've seen it as my duty as I went up through an organisation in a past life where. I became the director of security in a family office and whilst being the director of security, I didn't need to be an expert in all things security because I brought in subcontractors that were specialists in different fields. And one of my duties, which I found was whilst gaining knowledge in different areas, whether that's, you know, the capabilities of canines who are providing canine security, whether it's cyber specialists, whatever it may be, TCSM specialists, I'd always increase my knowledge in all of these areas, but exactly what you said, I was also a signpost. I had a very good black book of vendors that I invented and you were specialists in that field and were good at that task. So whilst growing that knowledge yourself, whilst you're not the expert, you have enough knowledge to be able to question the experts and also to know they're not pulling your pants down as well. That's that's right. You need to be dangerous enough, but without actually being that uh, that that expert. Wonderful. No. I think I think this is good because because honestly we have had very good questions at events that have literally gotten to the, you know cut to the chase and they said right what am I supposed to learn in the world of cyber what is it um so 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 today's session I think goes a, a, a longer way to 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 helping us there um, OSINT skills uh, research skills uh, signposting skills appreciation of who you're going to call which. Which I think is a lot more honest than saying, right? Well, now you need to learn to code in Python because, because fun as that could be, if if you are so inclined, it's not it's not your day job. So what what's uh, what's next? What's coming up for the magazine and uh, the, the community as a whole? As always, we're working on the next issue, and we've got some more podcast guests lined up for interview. Um, and also, it was great to see you at the. Coast Protection World event. That was an excellent event where we met up with many people, many of our readers, subscribers. And yeah, what a fantastic day. Yeah, actually, sorry. Um, I, I should have mentioned, thank you listeners who came up to us and said you like uh, what uh, what we're doing. Um, uh, I, I don't know if you wanted your names broadcast, so we'll just say thank you. Uh, it, it was really a great pleasure. Some people came up with specific episodes they liked. Uh, some people came up with uh, other very nice things to say. Um, it was very much appreciated. Um, so so thank you for st stopping by the Circuit Magazine store. And of course, thank you to CP World for hosting us uh, again. Always, always lovely to, uh, to, to, to see everyone. I'm very much looking forward to the ninth annual Executive Security and Close Protection Technology Forum on the 25th of January in London. Uh, many many people actually will will know about it. Many people took uh, postcards and, and details. And if, if you want to take a trip across the pond, if you're in the States, then please uh, get get your uh, booking in now. Uh, a common question. I know this is I'm doing an extended plug. Sorry, the extended plug for this. A common question is, um, does it clash with Davos? No, it doesn't. It is after Davos. So you're you're all good. If anybody was in fact wondering, I thought I'd just do frequently asked questions. But yeah, integrated protection, an honest look from Covered Six. Lee and Kevin, thank you very much for coming on. Sean West and myself have very much appreciated the time you spent with us at the podcast. 
So thank you very much. And this has once again been another fantastic edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.